comes the, here comes the, here comes the, y'all don't really want it like Hello and welcome back once again to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Kent Wyrock, joined by the entire crew this time. You know, last last episode we were without Jen and we missed her so dearly. I missed uh, you guys. Yeah, we, we, we really did. Um, but Travis jumped in and Travis was an awesome resource talking about some rookie wide receivers. So we had a lot of awesome info and it ended up being a good pod, even though we missed yet. So I promise we'll get back into form here with the whole crew. And we have another guest on the show. Second one right out of the gates. We got guests on guests on guests here at the red shirts. We are joined by the one and only Scott fish. Scott, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great too. That's a streak, huh? That's a that's yeah. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> well, you got to start somewhere, like, right? So it's like NBA Jam. Two in a row, we're heating up. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Three in a row, we're on pretty, fire. Pretty soon, we'll be on fire. Nice, nice and bright red fire, like our shirts. That was really lame. Anyway, <laughs> we're gonna go on through. <laughs> race you can. Yeah. I'm new to the show. Is. Have you explained what the red shirt deal is? Yeah. So basically, now actually, we haven't uh, explained it overtly yet, but it's it's basically like. We're trying to get better at fantasy football, and, and a redshirt player is someone who's mm. developing their talents. And you know they they're sitting out a year. We're not sitting out a year of fantasy football. <laughs> I can I can assure you that. But it's kind of like a, a self deprecating joke about you know just always trying to be better and get better at fantasy football. So that's who we are. We have a nice little T-shirt logo. We had uh, Okada had a friend who's actually in graphic design help create that. So I thought that turned out great, and we kind of just ran with it. So. Um, it's pretty good. And, you know, we're going to try and be like a real listener focused league and bringing in people who, you know, know a lot or know a little or whatever. It doesn't matter. We're just here to kind of chat and have fun. Uh, we're starting up a listener league, you know, hopefully we get enough people. We already have plenty of people already submitting reviews, trying to get into the listener league. So I think there's some action there and, and it's good to see, but, uh, just kind of always getting better. I think is, is the idea there. Nice. Very nice. I like it. That's a, that's a nice little metaphor you got going there with that. That's, I like it. Yeah. So today is June 12th. Uh, we're having a, a little chat. We we're, we're talking about rookies the last couple episodes, and we're actually taking a quick break from that because we have a super special guest. So we, we, we actually have another guest lined up for our final rookie show, and that's the reason we have gone on to other topics here. So we're going to talk a little bit about league structure, uh, maybe some rules that are good or bad or something you know, that's unique. Maybe we have a couple questions from Twitter too about good practices for setting up your leagues and things that you can do to kind of make the whole process smoother and just more enjoyable. So, uh, we'll talk about all that, but up first, we're going to read a review and we've, you know, kind of put it out there that if you submit a review and send it to us, you have a shot at getting into listener league. So they have come flowing in Lots of uh, positive feedback and, you know, some criticism too, but that's perfect. We need that. We got to grow and get better. Just like I was talking about with the red shirts metaphor. So this is a review from Tyler. I know he was on Twitter. I'll have to find his Twitter handle uh, here in a second because this is his iTunes name showing up. But he says, awesome new podcast for 2018. Coming out of the block, fast and furious, these guys know their football. It's always good to have a person who knows the medical side of things on a podcast. They have a great one. One of the best new podcasts for 2018. 
The sky is the limit, guys. Keep up the awesome work. So this one was an awesome review. Just a real hype session. Like, I feel good after that one. So thank you, Tyler. We appreciate the review. Uh, we're doing our best out here, and hopefully we can conti uh, continue to get better. So thank you so he much. He meant guys like collective guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm exactly. used to being one true, of the guys. True. I'm all in. Hell, I say guys half the time. Hey, you guys, what you doing? Yeah, so, otherwise we're going to have to say, we're gonna have say weird things like you all or use. Plus use, Jen. Yeah. Right, like, hey, you guys. Oh, plus <laughs> you Jen. people. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> it ends up getting messy, so. We'll just make it exactly. easy. But um, real quick, we are going to talk about a little bit of news. I got great news, guys. Oh, ah! news. Hey, news, 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 Now, the major thing that oh. has popped up today, Ooh. and oh man, did Twitter start going nuts. Drum roll. Andrew Luck has thrown a football, ladies and gentlemen, in, what is it, 500 days? I honestly stopped like keeping track of the count. Does anyone have the count or know it? It's been a long time. I don't know. The it is over count. 500. It's over, I don't know it's over count, 500. Though. It's it's massive. And now, you know, we have Matt, Matthew Betts here. He, he's a physical therapist, uh, and he knows what he's talking about when it comes to this stuff. So we kind of had a little bit of a conversation about Andrew Luck and his throwing. What what do we – is this uh, – this must be good news, right? I mean, he's throwing a football. Looks like 527, just an update. 527, man. It's been a while. Um, yeah, awesome news. Great news. I, I definitely am excited. I am 100% on board with this, and I am so happy for Andrew Luck, just as a person and as a, an athlete and a player. I mean, this is what I do for a living, and this is my, uh, my passion. So when I see these guys out there that are injured and can't get back on the field, especially for an injury that took this long to recover from and that was this much of a roller coaster. I'm just I'm just happy for him as a person and, and happy for the Colts moving forward. Um, so ecstatic. But I will say that I'm definitely uh, still hesitant, and I think that you guys should all be too. And when I say you guys, I mean uh, all of our listeners. Um, I just put out actually an article for the fantasy footballers today, literally probably two hours before the news broke, and there was a, oh, a five second no. clip of Andrew Luck throwing a football describing how I'm extremely worried and all about the injury and why you should be, you know, not drafting him this year. And of course, then he comes out and he throws a football. Um, but I think that the article is still relevant. And I think there's a lot of good pieces that we can take away from it. Um, so I'll just kind of highlight a few of those pieces and then kind of talk about like, moving forward, what should we expect? And what's the next thing to see from luck? Um, so we talked about it, it's been over 500 days since he's tossed the ball. And he's had a, an up and down last year and a half, um, two years actually almost. So he injured his shoulder in 2015 originally. Um, he frayed the labrum in his shoulder and essentially the labrum is a small cartilage ring around the shoulder blade. It attaches the arm bone to your shoulder blade and allows you to move your arm in various degrees of uh, mobility, allows you to throw a football, um, do a lot of things. And it, it can be a source of pain and dysfunction if it's not intact and not um, structurally sound. And so the Colts medical staff must have determined that his shoulder injury was minor enough that he would be able to avoid surgery and keep playing. And actually, we did see that. So we saw in 2016, he came back after the injury-riddled uh, injury year and actually had a, a good season. Um, he put up more than 4,000 yards, and he was the same Andrew Luck that we have seen previously. However, when he threw an interception in 2016, he attempted to tackle um, then-Broncos cornerback Aqib Talib. And when he did so, it kind of re-stretched the shoulder and re-aggravated uh, his injury and likely made the injury 
more severe and more intense. Um, and that's where the rails kind of fell off for Luck and the Colts. So he, he plays through the year and he plays through uh, 2016, has surgery January 2017. So, you know, things are looking good. Reports are all positive out of Indianapolis. He should be on track for week one last year. I'm not going to go into how that went because we all know it was an absolute disaster. Um, but the whole thing with this injury is that the Colts have just been overly optimistic every single time that a report has come out. And so that's my biggest hesitation. So I'll read you guys a quote that I found from 2015 um, from the Colts owner, Jim Mersey. He says, quote, there isn't some kind of chronic shoulder injury or anything like that. I promise you. There are no surgeries planned. He is fine. And the shoulder is something that just disappears into the woodwork when he wins his next MVP or when he wins a Super Bowl. So we've seen it time and time again. We've seen the positive reports come out from Luck and are from the Colts, excuse me, about Luck. And so for that reason, I think we should all be hesitant. The second thing is Andrew Luck today threw a high school sized football, which again is awesome and is a, a step in the right direction, but is still a little bit lighter than a regular football. It's not a huge difference, but just something to point out that that could change the mechanics of his throwing motion and could, could change the arm angle a little bit. Um, so something to monitor for sure. As far as what to do now and what to do moving forward, I want to see Luck consistently throw for multiple weeks in a row before I get excited about this from a fantasy football perspective. The reason I say that is because when you have an, an overhead athlete or a throwing athlete, such as a baseball player, um, an NFL quarterback, whatever it is, they need to be able to do a series of throwing that is kind of stepwise in its progression. So you're not going to take um, a 95 mile an hour fastball thrower and have them just go on the mound and let it rip day one that they're cleared. They generally start from you know, 45 feet to 60 feet and then to 90 feet. And the progression keeps going as long as there's no soreness, setbacks, pain or discomfort um, or anything like that. And so, yes, we should be excited. But at the same time, we just need to understand that this is only step one. And he has a long way to go before I'm going to say that he's ready to go for 2018. Um, certainly excited. Love the idea of him playing again in 2018 and for his career. But again, let's let's pull back on the reins a little bit. So. If you're, if your confidence was, I don't know, what was it, 10% before this, what is it at now, just ballpark, in a in a good luck coming back this year? Yeah, I mean, all things considered, if we're assuming no setbacks, you know, no soreness, anything like that, um, I would say I'm probably at about 75%. I think I say that because the timeline is is right in terms of them not rushing him back after such a complicated roller coaster ride. And because of the fact that he still has a little bit of time before training camp begins. So we're in you know, June 12th, mid-June. He still got to the end of July. So about a month and a half left before he needs to be able to do this on a consistent basis. And the reason that I give that as the timeline instead of week one is because of the fact that it needs to happen so consistently for him to be able to prove to us and to show uh, the medical staff that he's ready to go. Uh, full confidence, no issues with confidence and setbacks and things like that. So... Uh, late July is kind of my timeline for him being full go and ready to go versus week one. Um, and the, the second piece of that is, is he going to be able to now rebuild his chemistry with his receiving core? Um, and there's some new faces there. So training camp is going to be huge for that. So I'm looking at end of July, beginning of August as a, as my criteria, whether or not he's on or off my board. Well, there you go. I mean, that's, that's quite the breakdown. I don't think you get it better anywhere else than that. That was pretty solid. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to shut up the rest of the the, the pod now. <laughs> it's quite no, that's uh, great. I mean, there's <laughs> lots of good info. It's it's incredible. 
There's a whole lot going on there. Yeah. We don't get a lot from from that angle. So I think that's it's a, it's great to just have that information, but I do think this is kind of quintessential summer before the season, right? We get a little nugget of information and the steam train is pulling out of the damn station. I mean, people are just like, "See, this is what I told you. He's going to be 100%. All you you people that didn't wouldn't draft him or have concerns, you were wrong." I mean, people are definitely swinging and going from 0 to 60 just because we see this little piece of information. So I think it's good perspective-wise to just kind of hear this and just to wait because I think so many have been waiting, especially their fans, to see just a little bit of hope. And now that they have it, I it's going to be hard to keep them from going full go. This is the Andrew Luck we knew. This is the Andrew Luck that's going to be 100%. This is the Andrew Luck that's going to be, you know, this huge fantasy and, you know, otherwise football, just quarterback. And we don't even know what we're going to see from him. And so... I'm, you know, I'm pumping my brakes still. Yeah, totally. My Twitter timeline today after I released that article was uh, was quite scary. I was having people coming after me because of <laughs> the timing of when the article got released, um, which oh, I thought sure. was funny. But it's part of the process, and it's what makes this whole thing fun. So I love the conversation, and I love the uh, interaction. Are you sure that your Twitter followers weren't telling you to write more articles so he'd get healthier? Is that is it? I did have one guy say like, "You must be the reason. He must have read your article and now he was he was mad at you and he was like, "All right, I'm going to show this guy that I'm actually healthy and I'm going to do this thing." So, hey, whatever it takes, man. If it gets him back out there, then all fantasy owners are happy. So, I'm I'm all aboard for that. Yeah. Well, in your defense, I think any article that was published today across the fantasy football world was overshadowed by this news. So, I know you talked about him specifically, but I don't think anybody read many articles that that held as much weight as seeing that video of Andrew Luck passing. <laughs> that was today in news. Mm. So, yeah. That sounded like an end of a segment kind of line. Yeah. That was today in news. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You should clip that and use it right? as a soundboard. <laughs> that would See? be perfect. Listen, Kent. There it is. Lock it in. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys think Luck, is uh, his value is going to spike in drafts, though? Oh, I mean, he's, it's, he's going yes. as QB 16, going at the end of the 13th round. Mm-hmm. It's, that was actually decent value. you yeah. got to love him as a QB, too, but... Mm-hmm. Well, people still I, think he's. I, I a, just wonder if one throw is going to propel him into. Yeah, a t- you know, a, a, is anyone going to take him as a QB one? Oh, some people will. People, Jen looks like he's. People are him. still hung on him as the best quarterback prospect in the last decade. So, of course, there's going to be some people that take that and run with it. I he's mean, our quarterback, Bo Jackson. Yeah, exactly. Kidding, so yeah. they'll cling on to that, and he's really only had like what a, a season and a half of really solid play. I mean, you know, he's been good, but to be to that pedigree you expect a whole lot more out of him and i don't think he's really hit that hit that threshold yet per, right. in my opinion i don't know right but all right let's let's go on to the next piece of news we that's all that was a lot on luck but that's you know that's how twitter was today so we had to follow suit um but this is real this is a pretty easy piece of news this is just the saints are kicking tires on a couple of running backs so we had terrence west tim hightower and jamal charles three just Wow, are they any? Are there any more unimpressive free agent running backs that they could, you know, go try and sign? They, they don't I want mean, to kick the tires on Demarco Murray. They want to test out these three. Yeah, or or where's the Adrian Peterson reunion? That'd be great too. You know, just complete the uh, ensemble here. Uh, I don't see much, you know, relevance here. I mean, this is going to be a fill in for Ingram and then cut at, at best. I don't, I don't think it could be anything else. It, it, yeah. might, not, it might not even be a starter. It might just yeah. be depth. <laughs> yep, exactly. 
I, I think the only th it'll, the only thing it really tells us is they don't really want to run Kamara into the ground for those weeks, which I think we already kind of knew, but this is just com confirmation of that. So to anyone who wants to catapult him into your top four or something like that because of Ingram's suspension, I think this is kind of a, a pump the brakes on that. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Anyone have any other takes on that? I don't. It's not too exciting, but just something to keep your eyes on uh, in case they do sign one of those three. But anyway, let's let's move on to the next couple of topics we have here in front of us. And first, we're gonna we're gonna kind of kick it over to our guest here, and he's gonna tell us a little bit about something called the Scott Fish <laughs> Bowl and Fantasy Cares. This hmm. whole get together, shindig event, whatever you want to call it, it's it's massive now, and, and it's exploded in the last couple of years. I noticed that we recently passed last year's donation amount already. Oh, and yeah. There's still plenty of time that. to go. We're over 17,000 now. Is it that high already? Yeah. Oh, that's wow. insane. It's ridiculous. So <laughs> It's awesome. So, it's yeah. So, Scott, give us a little background on exactly what the Scott Fishbowl is and Fantasy Cares and just whatever you want to talk about, just music for a little bit. On, <laughs> just, on we're going to take a break together. now, Scott. You just talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just talk to us, Scott. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so the Fishbowl started in 2010, and it was originally just a like reader league, listener league for the site I ran at the time. And uh, I made it a 96, we made it a 96 teamer. And we had trouble filling it. And then the <laughs> next year it was, we still had so much trouble filling it that we made it a 60 teamer. <laughs> and uh, I thought it was done. We, we took a year off and uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't know how it exploded. I honestly don't. I took a year off, came back the next year and just, just started talking to all my friends in the industry. And, you know, one by one, they would be like, sure, I'll play. Sure, I'll play. And I, I think that's how it steamrolls is when you see your buddy, another analyst in the industry playing, you'll jump in and then that person's friends jump in and all of a sudden everyone's just just playing. And it's uh, yeah, it, it it's grown exponentially, at least 100 plus teams every year this year. I, I've just recently decided to bump it up to 900 teams. I was, that's insane. Wow. I was going to do seven. Yeah, I was going to do seven twenty uh, again, same as last year, but there are 6,000 people signed up and every day I get hammered with people sad. They don't have invites and th this will allow me to get a few more, you know, a few more non-analysts and maybe a few more analysts that you haven't heard of the, a big part of this in this event is for people to get to know people they don't know, which is yeah. uh, right. <laughs> to get to know analysts from or sites you don't know. And, uh, just, you know, there, there's connections you make, connections people made even last year or the year before that they've become good friends with and started podcasts with and, and jumped onto sites with that. Uh, that's that's probably going to be the best legacy of this thing is that it, the connections that can be made just from one silly draft. <laughs> it's it's pretty amazing. Right. Yeah. So basically you wore everybody down. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> and also you're making all of us look good because I think we the fantasy – I think just genre in general, right? We get a little bit of a bad rap from the players and the coaches yeah. sometimes because I'm sure they're getting direct tweets of a lot of players that are disappointed on a weekly basis. Yep. 
And so you are kind of spearheading this and you're making us all look yep. good. Community, togetherness. Making a difference in a different yeah. way, right? Community, togetherness, uh, charity Absolutely. aspect of it. It's which uh, awesome. the fantasy cares you mentioned obviously it's we buy toys for kids every december and this uh this thing kind of feeds that the satellites bring in money the eliminators bring in money yep. uh for that charity mm-hmm. and and obviously i i kind of ask for a donation if you play in this league I, I feel like i feel like most people would pay to play in this league so i, yeah, I, right. I don't i don't feel super bad about asking Hey, maybe think about it. <laughs> it's not required, but think about it. You know, I mean, so. it's it's become so uh, like prestigious, like a notch in the belt to get into the Scott Fish Bowl, and definitely if you win it, it's it's huge now. So uh, this is my first year going to be in it, so I'm very excited. I got I got to let you know face oh, to face awesome. here for the first time. So it's uh, it's probably three of your first years, right? Yeah, yes. I think we got a couple here. Jen was in last year, but I was in yeah. last year. Yeah, I was I was in last year as well. Um, Oh, you but, were okay. Yeah, but Scott yeah. made me sweat it out this this year. Crazy <laughs> enough, <laughs> crazy enough, yep. I don't memorize all seven hundred and twenty people. I, right? just, I, I don't I'm like shocked. It. Quite <laughs> sane, oh. right? Yeah. Do, do, which which divisions did you guys rec- uh, request this year? Well, I was in uh, a sunny one. Always sunny. Always sunny. Jen, did you request Parks. one? I did. Parks and Rec. I want to be uh, Leslie. Nope. Did, did you do <laughs> that one specifically? Yeah, let me just check in here. <laughs> I think I did the league and the office. Oh, yeah, and you yeah. are in that one. Yep. Yeah, I said both of those too, actually, I think. <laughs> Who is that? Uh, actually, Okada. I might have just said like six different things <laughs> in yeah, order. I, I can tell you what you said. <laughs> you said. I think I asked about, yeah, Parks and Rec, and then I think I asked you if you were going to include Broad City. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that was I me. don't think I have that in there. <laughs> Um, that's okay. I think that's yeah. Fine. Okada, I, I I'm gonna call you guys by your last names because there's too many. That's what I do. It's so <laughs> much easier. I had you down. Yeah, the- I had you down for yeah. Sean and Gus, and then you had oh yes. and Rick and Morty, Rox and Taco, Michael Scott, yep. Kevin Malone, Dwight. Sh- you listed like nine of them. <laughs> I did, but Sean and Gus are some of my favorites. So that's they awesome. are. <laughs> you uh, oh, God, who are the who are the people in that show? Uh, Dule Hill is yeah. Gus. Yeah, and I forget who the other guy is, but they're hysterical. James Roday. What, what show yes. is this? You guys are yes. talking about it. I'm missing the reference here. Psych. Oh, that's Psych. Okay, oh, okay. I love Psych. I just didn't know them by yeah. their names. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Hey Okada, you want to maybe... see who's in your division? Oh look, he's we're, we're looking oh, at oh Scott my. Fishbowl divisions live on the Red Shirts podcast this evening. You should see my face. <laughs> I'm so excited <laughs> just to see okay. Okada's. You see that, Okada? The first line? Ooh. Really? Sean Spencer from that show is actually wow. playing in that division with you. <laughs> oh, that wow. is my awesome. God. That's oh, awesome. that's so funny. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I thought that'd be that kind of cool, cool to show, put on the show. <laughs> that's very cool. That's, super that's awesome. Cool. Does he have a Twitter? I'm going to have to tweet at him. He does. It's right there. Yeah. Don't scare him off. Yeah, exactly. Don't scare him off. Actually, I'm gonna pass on the Scott Fishbowl. Sorry, guys. There was a stalker in my group. You just started DMing me and like tweeting at me over and over oh again. I don't know what gosh. that is. Okay, and this okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was funny when I because uh, uh, James uh, played last year. He was in uh, the aerial division last year. Uh, he he did well. He was like eight and four and made the playoffs and stuff. Uh, but 
when I uh, emailed everyone and said what the uh, the theme was, he immediately emailed back and he said, I think you know which division I have to be in. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, this is my third year because nice. I was in um, Boo. You know, I did Monsters, Inc. one year and then I did Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, sure. Ooh. Hello. Mm. Uh, you know, last year. Mm-hmm. So this is my third year. Stoked. Oh. I have done probably no better. <laughs> I have learned absolutely nothing except to have it's fun. It's really, really absolutely. tough to to nail this league down. Actually, I, I just recently right. downloaded some Scott Fishbowl 8 specific related data that I'm going to be diving oh into boy. shortly. I'll, I'll actually, I'll start, once I make some graphs and stuff, I'll throw them up with the hashtag and, and I'll let everyone in on it because, you know, it's just for fun and I want to get my my stuff out there and see what I can do. So hopefully we'll see that stuff soon. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. I, I, I'm always so impressed by I, we were a little late this year with I was a little late this year with getting the scoring setting and and people to see their divisions and their draft slots. Normally, I have that done by early May. So we didn't have mock drafts this year, I, I noticed. But I'm always stunned to see that people doing articles on SFB and people having downloadable data Mm. and uh, mock drafts. And it's just so surreal that it's become a thing that people actually like, I don't know, try to prepare for. (laughs) It's, it's very, it's very cool. It is massive. It must be a lot to keep track of. It's unreal. It's unreal. It's I can only imagine what your timelines like and your DMS. If you followed the people, I can't, my my DMS, do you get people just, just candidly, do you get people ask like, "Hey, I'll pay, I'll donate X Y Z if you let me in this." Oh thing. yeah, oh absolutely. Oh, really? Okay. Oh wow. yeah. Nice. And my my DMs are always open too, so I feel terrible. I miss so many DMs, and I uh, mm. uh, even DMs I want to respond to, I, I miss and <laughs> get back to them three days later. Hey, you, I'm sorry. You need a you need a secretary. I think is what you need it's, for this. Yeah, an intern. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, charge joked about. Fanball should hire me an intern just for just to handle some of the league stuff I have to do. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Actually, yeah, that's right. You, Fanball and MFL tens have been awesome this year. I've done. I've Thank done you. A few. Yeah, no, they're really nice. <laughs> I'm in charge of that. So yeah, it's a uh, it's a vast improvement. I like the the My Fantasy League site in general, but it's mm-hmm. definitely so much smoother yep. now. Yeah, and it's really nice. I like the tens on our site. I use MFL for Dynasty constantly. I love. Yep. Yeah, I love them for Dynasty. So I'm a big supporter of theirs. Fishbowl's on yeah. there too. So awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, tell you what, let, let's go ahead and kick it on to kind of our next segment here, if you want to call that. We're just going to chat a little bit about league types and styles and, you know, what makes a league fun. That's That's kind of the main thing, right? I mean, we're all here to have a good time. Some people are, you know, like the hardcore, I'm here to win. And that's that's important too. But at the end of the day, fantasy football is just fun, and that's why mm-hmm. you know most of us who are here in the off season talking about it, you know, in you know May and June, it, we're obviously we're addicted to this game. I think at this point, so we must like it. But what's uh, we're gonna kind of maybe go around here real quick, and let, let's exclude the Scott Fishbowl because that's kind of a a different beast, but mm-hmm. maybe beyond that, more like a redraft league or something. I know they can get kind of unique sometimes. It, has anyone been in like a really fun, unique league that they want to talk about? I do a lot of unique leagues, but most of them are dynasty. On the okay. on the redraft front, we have, I mean, obviously 
John does those eliminators. Eliminators are always fun. There's there's guillotine leagues, which are eliminators where the la- the team that gets eliminated, they get eliminated, but their players get dropped to the waiver wire for the rest of the teams. Mm, yeah. um, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That's cr- I saw that. Paul uh, Charchi was tweeting that, and I was yep. like, I got to get, get in on one of those. I, r- I run those on. <laughs> I, I, I also run idea. a commissioner service called Safe Leagues, and I, I run those on there. Mm-hmm. Um I have not participated in one, but I'm going to this year because that sounds pretty <laughs> badass. Um, no, there's lots of there's lots of really cool leagues. A lot of uh, I, I like uh, redraft relegation leagues, ladder leagues, where oh, you yeah. can move up the chain or move down the chain. The pots get higher. Um, those are generally redraft. Um, there's a there's lot one. Of- there's one of those that goes through Reddit, and I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But I tried to get into it for a few years, but it is like a massive wait list. Yep. And if you're not logged on at the right time on the right day, you will not get in. The and Narwhal, never, league, right? Yeah, that's yep. it. Yeah, that's the one. And I never, I never got into it, but I was always very intrigued about being in a relegation league, and I just haven't had a chance. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it it is interesting that the the way they set that up. I mean, it's basically just like a bunch of leagues. And then they kind of throw them together um, after the season and relegate. And yeah, it's, it's very, it is cool. I like leagues like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So I'm just sitting here like, kind of like, oh, there's so many like, leagues. Like just daydreaming I mean, at that, it, you know, it, all of these guys fall into the waivers. <laughs> oh just, yeah. yeah. I'm drooling a little bit. I think. Yeah. Like, can you imagine, <laughs> like, wow. can you imagine like last year, Levy and Bell had that terrible week one. If that guy lost oh. and Bell went to the waivers, you know, unbelievable. Oh. I'm assuming it has oh. to be a fab league, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yep. good. Yep, yep. Man. Whew. It's better than me every I'm kind of just sitting minutes. here now, like thinking about how lame some of the leagues I play in are. <laughs> well, <laughs> and that's and that's kind of what I was about to say is, you know, there's there's already different kinds of fantasy football like redraft dynasty and daily fantasy football. Mm-hmm. But even within those three categories, you can get way stylistic with it and some of this stuff people are coming up with like these guillotine leagues are very new i think they're brand new this year it's it's incredible that people just keep Mm. coming up with new creative stuff and you can find a form of fantasy football that you're gonna like i i I guarantee it everyone has a a type of fantasy football that they can play so I, I play in several different types of leagues. I, I have quite a few redraft leagues because, you know, I play with my friends here in Minnesota and, you know, they're more casual fantasy football fans and that's fine. And we just kind of do a keeper league and there's nothing real crazy about it. But we do get a lot of arguments. You know, we're best friends all from high school for like the past 15 years. So um, we definitely argue a lot, but it's all in good, in good humor at the end of the day. We, you know, get done with the argument and then hug it out or you know, high five or whatever. And it's just good at the end of the day. But, um, dude, I love keeper leagues. They're so underrated. Yeah. They, they, they kind of get the, I don't know, the short end of the stick or whatever the, the phrase is, <laughs> but, um, they, they, they really do. They're really, really fun. And they take a lot more strategy than people think. Oh yeah. I've never been in, in one at all. So oh. I've been hearing about them and I wanted to participate, but I think last year was my, I think two years ago was my, I'm going to say yes to everything. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. Mm. I'm overwhelmed yeah. and overcommitted, and I am really stressed out. And then so last year was my, I'm going to pull back. <laughs> I'm just going to, you know, 
do my couple of redrafts and do the TFA league and just kind of like, you know. It's the exact opposite of me. And then I think, (laughs) right, this year I want to find unique stuff. I want to keep the leagues that I've been doing, but I want to do things I haven't done before. And I think doing the Eliminators has been amazing. I'm doing a Battle of Sexes league. You know, it's just you start to find things. Once you get your foundation, you start to find really interesting ways to get excited, right, to keep the passion alive. Yeah about you know just point systems ways things work just if you're a commish you can set it up the way that you want to and set up a league and keep that league for years there's just it's 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 a huge thing kind of like you were saying scott that it takes time takes a lot of energy but if you put it into it and you get the right people to kind of invest and have some fun you never know where it's gonna go we actually speaking of pigs league then (laughs) yeah actually i've heard all about the pigs i was gonna say speaking of eliminators uh john bosch is hosting uh uh, league that I'm doing with him this year. It's my first ever salary cap league, and I'm looking forward to that like a lot because you know everyone likes to uh, sit there and be armchair GM all the time. You know, like I I could make better signings than my GM. He does mm-hmm. a bad job. Now you know I'm in Minnesota, so that's not really true. Spielman is a wizard, but Oof. yeah, <laughs> I got I got to drop some love for my man Rick there. Uh, but anyway. So doing a salary cap league is something I've never done and I've always wanted to and the opportunity jumped up this last year and John Bosch uh, is a great dude. He hosts a bunch of different stuff. He does the Eliminators through Fantasy Cares and I'm doing a bunch of those this year as well. It's fun to mix it up with some of the fantasy analysts that that host those and are the celebs uh, that you can play against. And and you get all kinds of funky lineups with that too. I, I have one roster. I think I have six kickers on it. That's because beautiful. I did yeah. that one. I have yeah, four kickers because, in one. Okay, so here's what the eliminators are for starting. You can do uh I, is it zero to two quarterbacks or one to two? I think zero it's one to two, two quarter. It's it is zero, zero to two, two and then zero, zero to eight mm-hmm. for everything else. Exactly. So you could have theoretically eight kickers starting. So you know, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. The the idea is that you're chasing that spike of points, you know, they they're they're not like prolifically high scoring, but they're consistent. So if you have like this base underneath the roster of like, you know, like a Julio, Mike Evans, something up there at the top that can spike up and down a little bit and you just have a base of kickers, it kind of rounds out your your strategy a little bit. And I, I picked that up from Mike Beers uh, last year. He's a he's a best ball guy who knows his stuff pretty well. And so I, I'm trying it out this year. I'm going to I'm going to see how that goes. So never have I, I ever drafted could, so many. You kickers. never know. I hate. I don't know that I defenses. could ever actually. Yeah, let submit. us let us know how that goes. Yeah. I'm a skeptic over here. I'm like, sometimes that work. Are you sure? Just like one out of ten that works. Or I took five. Yeah, I don't know that I could actually put that many kickers in a lineup and actually click the submit button. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would just throw up all over my. Luckily, keyboard. with the eliminators, you don't have to. <laughs> the best ball. Yeah, actually, right. it's, even yeah, it's best ball. even better. The two current Vikings kickers that are in like a camp battle got picked within three picks of each other. That's amazing. <laughs> so I took the rookie because. You know, you draft a rookie kicker in the fourth round. I did you, too. You can't imagine you're going to drop him so, or cut him. So we'll see. But I don't know. They're, they're super fun, and, and I love doing those. Maybe it's good to give a listeners a little bit of a background to w- what that is, because I think they might be confused about yeah. why the hell you would do that. Uh, you might want to tell them just about the setup of it and kind of the kind of league it is and the best ball kind of aspect and the, the point system, because it's really – it really is a kind of a unique thing, those eliminators for John to put together. So maybe catch them up a little, Ken, yeah. before they think that you're a little bit nuts I, I, for well, having that many kickers. You know, they'd be right. They'd be right because I am a little bit nuts. Uh, nuts so, I would agree with yeah, that. Yeah, so that's fine. Yeah. But 
Uh, he does adjust the settings a little bit from from year to year, is from what I've heard. Now, uh, what he did was he he scales the point per reception from running backs to uh, excuse me from wide receivers to running backs to tight ends. So it's different amounts of PPR for each position, more for tight ends, less for receivers. And so you got to take that into account because that's a big right. factor and tight ends go higher than, than average. And then the best ball, you know, just general strategy is that you don't even set a lineup. It's just your top eight players are your quote unquote starters every week in terms of what they score. So that's really all that goes into it. So you draft 16 rounds and then you hope that you can put together, you know, 110, 120 point scoring team every week is kind of the goal there. Uh, it, it, it ebbs and flows quite a bit. Sometimes you'll just have crazy down weeks and you can't do anything about it. You know, there's no waivers. You're not picking up dropping guys. It's just, you lock it in and go. And, you know, I do some of them pre-draft, uh, pre-free agency just for fun. Cause everyone's in the same pot. You know, it's like, you can think to yourself, Oh, I'm what if this free agent gets signed and my pick gets screwed? Well, everyone that's in this draft has the same exact chance of that happening. So I just do it for fun. I like to do it to kind of rebuild my knowledge base going into the next year, kind of get an, get an eyeball of where people are valuing these players. So it's kind of, I treat it sort of as like a pseudo mock draft, I guess. And, you know, money's on the line, but I, you know, I don't really care that much. And in this case, a lot of it's going to charity. So it's obviously a great cause, but so that's, that's kind of the basis of it. I hope I covered enough to, to make it kind of clear. It's a good segue just in general about talking about best ball leagues in general and just kind of letting listeners know what basically you're talking about the benefits of it. When you do it early season, everybody kind of wonders why the hell you're drafting somebody in June. I I literally got two people today where I was like, yeah, I was on my break. I was taking my lunch and they walked up and I'm not going to lie to you folks. I take notes like it's hard. I'm in four to five eliminators right now. And I know Jeez. people that are in a lot more. So I have to write down, <laughs> write down my teams and keep them straight. Uh, I'll, I'll confess it. Um, so they walked up and they saw it on my desk and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm kind of a nerd and I <laughs> love fantasy football a lot. And they just looked at me and it wasn't a judgment about the fantasy football. It was for once a judgment about the fantasy football in June. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and he just goes, it's it's June. What are you, what are you doing now for football? <laughs> and I just looked at him. I'm like, this is a longer conversation, but trust me. Do you know why people, this exists in June. You have to just trust. Do you me. know why people start getting into football in June? It's because baseball is the only sport that's on right now. The hockey yeah. and basketball is done. People are just, and, and no offense to baseball. I know a lot of people love it. And, and I like playing baseball. I've just never been much of a fan of watching it, but it's kind it's just, it doesn't have the same flashy appeal and it's a long drawn out season and it's, it's hard to get real excited about. So people like to shift back over to the NFL a little bit and uh, get their, their fantasy rosters warmed up. So I, I, I think that's, uh, that's kind of why that happens. Yeah. I mean, at least this summer we've got the world cup to watch and that's true for the U S. Oh, wait. oh yeah. <laughs> I'm so bummed about that. I'm actually uh, wearing a United it. States of America shirt that I got for the last World Cup too, so that that cuts real deep, bets. <laughs> I'm bummed. It would have been it would have been fun, but four more years. 
All right, let's. Uh, that that was a nice little chat about you know all these different types of leagues and how how you can get unique with them and find just go out there and look for something. I mean, seriously, find people on Twitter, see what they're doing, ask them where they found something. Just just go out there and seek it, and I'm sure you'll find something fun to do. But let's let's move on to uh, some questions we have here. Uh, we have some fan, you know, content that we collected from Twitter like earlier today. They have some questions they want to know about leagues and maybe what they're going to do with keeper choices or how they use keepers or just other, just whatever they wanted to know about leagues. We kind of kept it pretty wide open because we knew this was going to be an easygoing kind of chat podcast night. So uh, let's let's go ahead and start with this, this question. It's from at Hornets for Life, and he asks, he or she, I suppose I should say, uh, asks, uh, let's see. Okay. So have been asked by many fellow league mates to commission a keeper league and I have never played in a keeper league. So my questions are how many players to keep two, three, five or more. Uh, they skipped four for whatever reason, but <laughs> that reminds me of that mighty Monty Python, if anyone remembers that. But anyway, so, uh, and if you keep a player, do you lose that spot? Say you keep Antonio Brown. Do you lose next year's first round pick? Thanks. So I, I played in a couple different versions of this. So this is kind of an answer. This is really pick your poison. It's whatever your league wants. I mean, exactly. there's no right or wrong way on any of this. Um, now, go ahead. Yeah, go, go. Well, I was just going Scott's like the master commish here, but I, I've commissioned a few leagues say, these, as well. These questions are perfect for commission possible, commission impossible with me and Ryan. Yeah. That's another Ooh. podcast that he hosts. Uh, so go check that out as well. I've only listened to like a, one or two, but uh, they're super interesting, very cool, and lots Only of insight. Only one or two. I'm leaving now. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> he just juiced up. He just chugged his energy. Hold on. He's I like, got to go down. He's scooting it's up. I got to go down. Hey, man, the Scott kids get up at ready. five. It's, uh... <laughs> he's ready. I'm going to go download them all right now. Don't worry. Nice. Um, oh, we all need caffeine, Scott. Don't worry about it. All of us. Mm. So we get it for sure. Yeah, but I think my, my easiest answer here is to talk to your league mates. I mean, in the in the leagues that I have, I do a lot of stuff by vote. You know, there's kind of different variations of how you want to do it. If you're doing majority or if you're doing the entire league needs to agree to something, you can kind of pick that on your own as a standard. But, you know, if, if your league mates don't want to have five keepers, they only want to have two, then you shouldn't just pick two because you liked it. You know, kind of get a feel for what your league wants to do. And send out, you know, a vote, you know, go find a straw. You can do like strawpoll.me, I think it is on the internet, and just send a quick poll to your friends and ask what they want to do. As far as losing the pick or not losing the pick, I know on, you know, specifically on ESPN is the most widely used website. You, the default is it's just your top picks. However many keepers you have, it's just your top two, three, or five, not four picks. And so, um, you can, you can kind of do it manually where you're losing the pick loss, but it, it gets to be a little bit of a hassle. So you're more, you're welcome to do that. And I have a league where I run that through ESPN, where we lose picks based on the round they're selected. So we do our draft through an outside source. We use clicky draft. And so that works pretty well for that. But so it does become a little bit more tricky if you're going to have them lose the pick for keeping a certain player. But you're welcome to do it either way. I mean, I've, I've been in both. They're both fun. It's just a matter of 
you know, once you decide that rule, then you can approach all players from that value standpoint. So it it doesn't, it's not a huge discrepancy. Yeah. And I think, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Scott. (laughs) It really depends on what you're looking for in the league too. If you're looking for a constant stream of parody, or if you're looking for the chance to be able to build something, but also, you know, give teams a chance to rebuild, uh, I personally play with three keepers usually, um, three or four, depending on the one. But uh, uh, the more keepers you have, the easy, the more parity there's going to be, and the tougher it's going to be for the for a bad team to come back. Um, also, uh, as far as the keeping a player lose the spot, a lot of people do uh, round up as well. Uh, and a lot of people do more than one roundup, but I'd say the most common keeper league format is probably keep three and you lose, uh, the next year's pick one round up from where you selected them the year before and it moves up every year. So you can't keep someone indefinitely. Um, once again, that's, that's, that's a method that, you know, tries to, tries to create parody, tries to, uh, avoid someone just being, you know, being able to hold David Johnson in the 14th round after <laughs> the end of the one season, you know? <laughs> right. uh, so you do have to keep <laughs> yeah. that in mind that that's what's going to happen. If you have no rule in place at all, you're going to get a rookie drafted in double digit rounds. And if they're only keeping, if you're only keeping them for that round, or if you're not giving up a round at all, uh, that that team's going to be very good for a long time. Yeah, domination, yeah. right? Yeah, so you might yeah. want to include something that uh, that can you know help the help the bad teams uh, you know bridge that gap. Yeah, yeah. I think both of these questions really depend a lot on what your league mates how how your league mates are with fantasy football, how much they've been playing, and what they want to do. And that's kind of what Kent was saying with taking a poll of what they're what they're interested in doing. But maybe if they're not as sure. Uh, it really kind of depends on their feel. If they kind of feel like they want to be going towards Dynasty or something like that, but they're not quite ready to jump that far, then going with a few more keepers and not losing picks or anything like that, just keeping it as as is, works a lot better. Whereas if they are, they've never done anything like this, but they just kind of like the idea of having someone that they hold on to, uh, you can go with a little bit lower keepers and then add some of that parody Scott was talking about. Uh, with with losing rounds or um, whatever it may be but but yeah try to get a feel for what your league mates want and uh, and kind of what they're experienced with or what they want to learn to do and then base it off that yeah and I was gonna say real quick uh, no matter what you pick your your league will most likely just change over time so pick something and go with it and try it out and see how you like it and if your teammates want to change something uh by all means, change it. I mean, it's totally fine to have a league that's not the same every year. Uh, as long as everyone's having fun, that's that's the most important part. So just just keep an open mind and try new things and see and see how your league turns out if you try those new settings. Well, I'm in leagues. I'm not in the the keeper leagues, but just to jump off that, Kent is for every large decision for the league, we just do a poll vote. Like if there's a big decision, well, if there's a small decision, honestly we just put it up to a vote. And so whatever kind of vote that goes in the majority sort of rules, I know some people might not be okay with that, but for the most part, that's been a good way to make those decisions. And so you want to keep, I mean, essentially when you create a league, no matter how cool you make it and how great and different you make it as far as scoring and format and all you're doing, you want, 
You want the people that participate to have fun, and then you want them to stay. And you you want this perpetual thing. And if they, they leave, you want it to be for reasons, not because they're not having fun. And they want to, they like it so much they want to find one of their friends that they trust to take it over. You don't want somebody that kind of hasn't been a part of things to come in or to leave just because of rules that have kind of been decided by just the commish. I mean, that that's kind of how things have, have gone in the wrong direction I've seen. Unilateral decisions, basically. Yeah, that's a pretty, we give a pretty uh, well-rounded answer there on that. So let's, uh, let's go on to the next question here. This is from at Cody underscore Brown three. If you could choose any pick to have in a 12 team dynasty startup draft, where would you pick from and why? Hmm. I think team for dynasty. me, for me, I don't know that the team number matters quite as much, but I like to be somewhere close to the turn. So you're going to be either at the beginning or the end of the first round. Um, if it's a snake draft, assuming just because I like to be able to kind of see what's shaking out the round before, maybe two rounds before. And then if I have a guy that I know I want, I'm in a position the following round that I can, I can snag him. Um, even if it's maybe a little earlier than consensus or a little earlier than what other people might do. Uh, I think it just puts you in a position to be able to take, uh, take your guy. And that's what, that's what fantasy and dynasty is all about is, um, drafting players that you like and drafting players that, uh, you want to root for. So I think, I think that that spot allows you to do that. Yeah. For me, it, I like being at the turn, just like Betts is saying. And for me, if it's dynasty, I want one of the top three picks and it's not actually so much even about who you can grab there. Although if you stay there, uh, you get to have one of the top guys and you can nab the one you want. But for me, it's really about draft capital because there are guys I like at six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, even um, in dynasty, even it's, it's easier to get guys you really like a little bit later. But if you start at the 101 or the 102, you can trade that back in Dynasty and get a lot more and still end up at the 105, 106, whatever, wherever you want to be, get the guy you want and have gained some capital. So I'm always aiming for the top three. I recently did a startup where we uh, did a Kentucky Derby draft, which is a fun way to uh, get draft position. Um, you get to pick it, basically, pick the position you want. And I got the first pick, and I chose the third spot, and I got Todd Gurley. So, You know that's, what, ok- Okada, that's a perfect lead-in to our next question, that the Kentucky Derby uh, selecting your draft order. You know, I try to be a professional. Yeah, no, you, you're on you're on the game tonight, and I, I like it. So this is our last question we have from a Twitter uh, responder. So this is at DBROFFB, and this is... What is the most original way that Scott Fish or anyone else here has ever heard of determining draft order? The most <laughs> original way. Man, I have not been a, a part of very or, many original ways. I mean, Kentucky Derby style I've done. You know, worst to first picks. The worst team picks what draft spot they want. The second worst picks what draft spot they want next. It, done that plenty of times. We've done... Uh, NBA style ping pong ball lotteries. We used to do that for, we still do that for our Debbie drafts in, in one of my leagues, uh, in two of my leagues actually. Um, but that's about the most original they've gotten. I mean, you can, but there's, so, it's such an open, open book. If, if it's, especially if it's redraft and you don't care about the order, if it's just, if it can be completely random, if it's, if it's live, you can do, uh, uh, 
you know, like bags or whatever, like a bags tournament or a clask tournament or a, a play poker. Or have, any, you, have, any... have you heard of uh, leagues doing combine, doing a, a fantasy football combine? No, but we did one a couple of years ago. Me and, a, me and another guy, fantasy football industry combine. Do you... Oh, nice. Yes. That was, I, uh, that was a lot of I Scott, what's your 40 time? I, yeah. I do not. I did not do that event. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did. His, all, I did all hammy, the measurements and I've shrunk his hammy an was inch, a little tight. <laughs> he let his college tape speak for itself. Exactly. The, yeah. You know, what sucks about getting old. I'm 38 now and I was six, three when we did that. Um, and I've been six, three most of my life. I'm six, two now. 30, oh, no. 38. Oh, I've no. shrunk an inch. Now you, you, you hit the peak. I'm tiny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm diminutive now at six, two. You gotta realize I live in Minnesota, Kent. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. Most, Fellow Minnesota, most of my friends bro. are taller than me. So, <laughs> Scott, how many leagues do you like? I'm just, I just want to get a sense because obviously I said I try to lean in, and then I, I'm, I'm trying to balance how many leagues I sign up for. When you're like, okay, well, one, two of my leagues. Immediately, I was wondering how many leagues do you sign up for? How many leagues are you a part of? Like, what does your fantasy season look like, really? Well. I used to do 35 leagues that I set lineups and waivers and everything in. And I have cut that back over the last oh, few yeah. years significantly. And I'm down yeah. to about oh, seven yeah. or eight, nine leagues. That, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So, so I do, welcome back to Sandy. I do commission over 200 leagues, though. That's insane. I think that might be where that missing inch went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oof, man. Actually, yeah. Scott commissioned one of my, uh, I did an Empire League on league safe and uh he was he was my commissioner for that i didn't even know it for the longest time apparently i had some option shut off where i didn't get emails from the commissioner <laughs> my, my buddy my buddy did it with me and he's like hey did you see that email from the commission you know he's talking about i was like what what email he's like yeah we, you know we get emails all the time i was like i've never seen an email before <laughs> in my life i must have unchecked some box that i wasn't supposed to uncheck and fixed it after that but then i found out that mr scott fish was uh my commissioner so that was kind of funny yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's 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 weird having fantasy football be your full time job. It's even weirder having people find out that fantasy football is yeah. your full time job. But yeah, commissioning leagues is a, is a ton of fun for me. I love it. And they, yet, so many of us are jealous to to want and to have the fantasy football job full time. But it it's not. Without it's a lot stressors. of work like, and a lot of yeah. stress. You just saying that, I just felt the weight. <laughs> like, shoulders, thirty five, just you setting those, and then over two hundred being the commissioner of if anything goes wrong, especially draft oh, time. Yeah. I just imagine the ridiculousness. That happens, just you know, glitches yep. and things like that, and they're drafting, and people freak and out. And you want to be able to respond immediately happens. to because it, right. it's so much yeah. easier to fix something immediately than to wait a few hours. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's right, you, and they want you to fix it immediately. Mm-hmm. I am drafting. You better exactly. fix this commission. Yes, right. So original ways, oh, uh, I don't really have any. <laughs> you, <Yeah>. you can <laughs> you, you can do any of those if it's live. You can do any of those games. If it's not live, you can do I don't know a survivor from last year you know like uh, we did uh survivor NASCAR. pool or uh ncaa tournament bracket or something yeah. like that i mean nc that's a popular one actually I from think, what i've heard yeah, yeah i would imagine i played in a league uh previously that did a pretty fun one so the winner every year would uh put together like a 10 question like trivia um contest that is actually about 
the friend group. So you have to have a, a good group of friends that everyone knows each other well. Um, and you, if the, as you're the champion, the winner, you create the trivia quiz. Everyone answers it, and whoever gets the most answers correct um, gets the top pick, and then it just kind of goes down from there. So that was kind of cool, and that was a way that I had never done before with a couple of my buddies. So that was fun. That's pretty cool. Something I've done is kind of a little bit similar to that. And again, it's really best in a league, uh, like a home league or a league with friends like that, where the winner actually just straight up picks the draft order, which actually works for parity oh, pretty well. That's crazy. That's awesome. Typically, yeah. typically he's going to put the team he actually knows is the worst or the best in last and the worst in first. Whereas some sometimes, you know, the playoffs from the previous year might have been a little fluky. So typically, it actually works really well for parity, and then there's just a whole bunch of uh, throwing people under the bus and shafting. And <laughs> that sounds awesome. Say, just a lot of that's uh, great. Hatred? Is hatred? is that <laughs> full redraft or a keeper? Sense. Yeah. Oh uh, no, keeper. It's a three keeper. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's got a lot. That's fun. That sounds actually really fun. Like cloak and dagger. Like oh yeah. Get your best friend, stab him in the back. <laughs> yep. I love three keepers, man. Because the worst team can have. A terrible team, but three amazing keepers, and then they get the one on one, and they just completely flip it the next year. Well, and like rounds four to seven is like where the money is made too. So you know, being in the first three rounds, it's like you're not really missing out on much as far as you know drafting all that. You kind of just take the best guy that's left for the most part. Depends yeah. on you know your strategy, but you you make the money in those middle rounds. I tell you what, yeah, yeah. the art of drafting, right? Yeah. This middle to late rounds. Who's going to be the guys that you invest in? Who's going to pop mm -hmm. off, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, we we talked about quite a few ways, honestly. I mean, think of think of anything. Any competition you could have as a, a draft order. So, I would make him chug a beer. Not gonna be a beer, beer chugging you. contest, yeah. Eh, That'd be fun. Chug on it or chug or, or what have you. Yeah. If it's if it's in if it's live, hell, even if you video it. But I mean, if I was a commission, that's what I'd do. But I'm just in boring. I'm kind of with Scott, although yours sounded even more lively than mine. <laughs> it's just the, you know, they just flip flop it. Last goes first the next year, and we just do the, the thing or the random. So I'm actually kind of jealous. I need to find some leagues that has some, <laughs> some fun. For our, our, our listener league, we'll have to do something. League. Yeah, something, uh, do something, something fun and exciting fun. for that. Yeah. Hell yes. Actually, we do one league where it's it's you know the champion picks last. Well, actually, let me clarify this. Uh, basically, what happens is the loser bracket has a playout tournament where mm -hmm. you play for the top choice in draft pick selection. So if you win the loser's bracket, you get the first choice of where you want to draft. So if you want to draft one or ten, you get to pick it. Wow. And then it basically cascades down through the loser bracket, and then once you get to the winner bracket, you just go opposite order of standing since there's money on the line there. So, you know, kind of keeps the loser bracket plain and competitive and and lets people have their own decision involved as well. So that's something that I, I've been using, and I, th I think it works pretty well. I'm kind of glad you mentioned that, Kent, because I think that's something we haven't necessarily said out loud, but it's kind of implied, that you, you want to get the teams that have not done well to stay in your league. Mm -hmm. And how you do that can very well be how you draft how you draft the next year or what kind of rollover that you have. Because if, if you don't have it set up, the guy, the the teams that lost are just not gonna wanna invest again, right? Yeah. Well anyway, I think that, that just about wraps up the, the questions here. There's a lot of solid info and stuff to chew on and think ideas. about. 
Yeah, exactly. Now, I, I'm not going to lie, Scott. I've been anticipating this part for the entire podcast because you haven't revealed what you dropped on Twitter. You said you had a secret for us. Oh, and- no, no. It was just uh, – it was earlier. It was uh, that Okada would be playing with the actual star, oh, okay, actual okay. star of that TV show. So the secret was revealed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. got it. Nice. That was a, that was an awesome secret. I'm don't don't let you think that I'm let down. That was really no awesome. no. I didn't so. I didn't phrase it as a, as the secret <laughs> earlier. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't know how big of a secret it, it was, I, but I figured you guys wouldn't have known that he was in it. So no, nope. yeah, no, no not at all. Seriously, really cool. So anyway, I think this is starting to come to a close here. So Scott, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a nice little chat about, you know, different things you can do with your league to make it fun or interesting or competitive or whatever, whatever you want. That's the biggest takeaway here is just make your league what you want it to be. So thank you so much for joining. We really appreciate your time. Oh, thanks for having me. This is awesome. You guys have awesome chemistry. That's always very important in the show. <laughs> it's Can I ask Scott one more yeah. question before? Uh-oh. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Scott, I'm going to put you on the spot 100%. Just because you have so much experience. Like, one thing, your best, there's a commission out there. They haven't commissioned before. And they're like, I want to make a league. What do I do? Best advice, like how they set it up, just like what you, your experience, what should the best advice that you have as far as the new commissioners out there? Okay, that's that's actually pretty easy. We get we get that a lot on the show, believe it or not. Uh, the the okay. first thing, and I'm half stealing this from Ryan McDowell, is when, when you want to start a league, you either got to start with a set of rules that you love or a group of owners that you love and have the, you know, if you're starting with a group of owners, you guys figure out how you want to play. If you just have a bunch of interesting rules that you want to play by, make those and then go find the owners. Those are the two ways to start a league. Um, and if, if you're new to commissioning, the two biggest tips I can, I can, uh, can lay down is first off, or maybe three tips, be responsive. Like always respond to your owners very quickly. Like always. And the second one, always listen to them. Even if you don't, if you completely disagree or you don't give a crap what they're saying, always listen to them and let them feel heard. And then the third one is to always have a best interest clause because there will be loopholes. There will be things that aren't covered in your bylaws. The last line of your bylaws should be, should circumstances arise that there's no rule for, the commissioner will make a decision that is in the best interest of the league. That's probably my biggest basic tips for, for a new commissioner. Awesome. I'm glad I didn't throw you too no, much of the loop. No, that, the end. But that, that is one. Super that helpful, one I'm usually ready for. for. Right. That was an out, that, just super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. Perfect. Of course. Yeah. Thank you once again. It was super awesome. Great info. Uh, you're one of the best in the business. Absolutely. So look forward to uh, getting into Scott Fishbowl this year and having fun with that. And, you know, one last thing we always like to wrap up the show. Just let everyone know you can leave us a review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, maybe in the future Spotify. We're still looking into that. Apparently, they're still waiting on putting new podcasts up. So we're still trying to get in on them. Uh, but Leave us a review, let us know how we're doing, and then either send us a direct message on Twitter. We are at RedshirtsFFPod, or you can send us an email uh, with a picture of your review to RedshirtsPod at gmail.com, and we will throw you on the list, and once we get a little bit closer to the season, we will draw random names, and we'll get a listener league um, started up, and first one ever, so that'll be a lot of fun. 
And you know, I don't, I don't think we ever did say it. Scott, how can people find you on Twitter? What, what's your handle? At Scottfish24 on Twitter. 24. Perfect. Yep. So Ken Griffey Jr. Nice. Nice. Ooh. Good reference. <laughs> well, anyway, that's going to be a close on the show. Everyone did an awesome job. This is a nice little chat. It was just good, fun time and hanging out. And uh, so thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And once again, we are the Red Shirts. Yeah. Here comes the, here comes the, here comes the.